I wanted to um, talk to you to start off today about a festival. Um, it's a festival that the Jewish people still hold. It's part of the um, set of festivals that are held um, all through the year. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. It's not on now. I'm totally the wrong time of year for the Feast of Tabernacles. It's actually going to be the 15th of October is when Tabernacles starts. It's an eight-day-long festival, and really it celebrates the harvest time. It's their harvest festival. Um, I'm doing this as a bit of an introduction to what I want to talk about in a minute. Now, we need this background, really. That's why I'm doing it. But it, the, the Jewish Harvest Festival, the Feast of Tabernacles, is a festival which celebrates the fact that the Jewish people were provided with all they needed when they were in the desert. And subsequently, God still provides. It's a harvest festival. It's thanking God for all he provides. And each day of the eight days, they, they, they used to, in, in the days of Jesus, they would have a sacrifice in the temple. Um, and they would sing and praise God. One of the other things they used to do as a part of that festival was they would walk down to the Pool of Siloam, which incidentally was featured in a, a story that Keith just made reference to. The guy that um, had the scales removed from his eyes was then asked to go and bathe his eyes in the Pool of Siloam. What's the significance of the Pool of Siloam? Well, it's the only fresh water source in Jerusalem. Okay? The only fresh source in the, in a, in the wall, inside the walls of the old city. There's, you know, try and hold some of this in your head for when I speak later. There's obviously a reason why I'm telling you all this stuff, which might seem, what's he going on about the Feast of Tabernacles for? There is a reason for it. And what I wanted to bring to you about the Feast of Tabernacles in a minute, um, it relates to a story about Jesus. But the other thing about that troop down to this pool of Siloam is they grab a jug of water from the pool of Siloam, the only source of fresh water. They bring it back to the temple and they pour it on the altar in the temple and they also poured a jug of wine onto the altar as well. Just hold some of this stuff and try and remember it as I'm talking to you. As they do that, they sing from Psalm, sorry, from Isaiah 12. And I'll read you what they sing. It's Isaiah 12, 1 to 6. In that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord, although you were angry with me. Your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel. Did you hear that one? With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. I hope some of you will actually be, cast your minds a bit back and start making some connections with some previous things we've talked about, salvation, the gospel, the, 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 what I was talking to you about a few weeks ago about wells. It starts to make some connections. You'll be able to draw a line from here back to all that we've said about the gospel and all that we were saying back in January time 
about the wells, about our sense of responsibility towards the community, and our shared vision together. But let me keep on the point for the minute. I've been talking about tabernacles and the Feast of Tabernacles. Just a, a final point about that pool of Siloam for a minute. The pool actually is not the spring itself. The spring is deep, deep in the heart of Jerusalem. And what happened was a few hundred years before um, Jesus was born, a guy called King Hezekiah dug a tunnel for the, uh, the spring that's in the middle, the fresh spring right in the heart, to be drawn down to this pool. And uh, as I say, it's a, the, the fresh source of water. So Tabernacles was for the Jewish people not just an annual harvest festival, it was a thanksgiving to God for saving them from the desert of Egypt and all that followed. It was a calling to God to provide them with the ultimate harvest that the Messiah would bring. So the Jewish people have this thing, they, they connect the spiritual and the physical a lot, don't they? In all that they do, they, they don't connect as a nation, sorry, they don't disconnect the physical with the spiritual. They, they, it's all bound together. And one of the wonderful things about, as you look at that festival of tabernacles, you see the picture language of God's provision, God's salvation, the coming Messiah is all in that. So have a look at the, the, that yourself perhaps in another time, the, the story about how the tabernacles was developed in the, uh, the five books of Moses. So Numbers and uh, Leviticus, um, you'll find them in there. But the passage I really want to turn to this morning, I've now finally arrived at where I was going to start, having given you that backdrop, is John. Go to John's Gospel, please, chapter 7. Amazing, amazing passage in John 7. Bit of, again, a tiny bit of background. Context is often very important, isn't it? Um, Jesus had um, done that bit of teaching about him being the bread and the flesh and saying to his disciples, um, you, can, you need to eat me. You, know, you need to devour me. You need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And of course, the guys all around were going, uh, we can't handle this. Do you remember that bit? And he said to, to his disciples, uh, a lot of people left him at that point. He said, no, we can't. What are you talking about? We don't understand. And uh, he asked his disciples, the guys closest to him, and he said, are you going to desert me as well? And they say, no, we're not going to desert you. Where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. So in that context, the, the Jewish people are getting a bit riled with him. And... Um, his bro Jesus' brothers say to him, look, you should go up to the feast. Go up to the Feast of Tabernacles. Put your point across. Make them understand. You're the Messiah. You, you need to show them what's what. And Jesus says, no, my time's not right yet. My time's not right yet. So they go off to the, the Feast of Tabernacles. But a couple of days later, or a day or so later, Jesus decides to go up in secret. And he, he, he goes into the temple, and they're, they're all kind of discussing stuff. And then... Jesus gets the prompting of the Holy Spirit in his heart. And he gets to this point, an amazing point in the passage. It's 
chapter 7, verse 37. Let's go to verse 37. And I, I'm, Forgive me, but I'm going to wake everybody up at this point, because on that last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. John continues, By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Christ. Now, which feast was it? Feast of Tabernacles. It was tabernacles. It's very tempting for me to start putting layer upon layer of uh, image and uh, picture language. Um, it'd be easy for me to start um, painting a picture for you which is very, very complicated. I'm going to try and keep it very, very simple. But those of you who, who kind of study the word and look into it a lot, I pray you all actually will do that more and more, but as you do, and you look at the significance of the Feast of Tabernacles and realize the significance of Jesus standing up at the Feast of Tabernacles. It was the Feast of the Harvest. The Feast, the Festival of Thanksgiving. What was that verse they said? Therefore with joy shall you draw water from the well of salvation. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all you are thirsty. And rivers of living water, it says, well, in the, in the uh, King James. But here it's saying, as streams of living water will flow from within him. You see the connection, why he's done that. The last and greatest day of the feast is when he stood up. Jesus was saying, you wandered in the desert thirsty. Even now you know that your lives are unfulfilled and you long for the promised salvation that was ordained in this this festival. This festival speaks of the Messiah coming. This festival speaks of a coming salvation. And Jesus says, I am the fulfillment of this promise. You are thirsty. There is within you a well, a source, which God has placed there, which will refresh and empower you for purpose. And I think that's important because it's the fact that there is a reason for the Spirit's empowerment. And sometimes that can be lost. But the reason for the Spirit's empowerment, everybody listening would have understood. And it's for us to make sure that we do understand. There is a reason for the Spirit's empowerment. And the reason is, in the, is there in, the, in tabernacles. For the harvest. The Holy Spirit is given for the harvest. The water is poured into the harvest field. The Holy Spirit comes like irrigating the, the, the field. We, he, we pour the water of the Spirit on the harvest field of our lives. And we see the Holy Spirit bring in the increase as a result. That's what this was all about. It was about the Holy Spirit coming in power to provide the irrigation 
in the harvest field. He provides for us purpose that we can be empowered by the Spirit to reap the harvest. Now, um, I'm sure that many of you here are reading this. Who's, who's reading it from the NIV? How many people? Lots of people with the NIV? Yeah, quite a few. King James. Has anybody got King James? Yeah, you, you King James, King James, King James, King James. Okay, various others probably. Anybody got the message with them today? We're not reading from the message. Okay, it's fine. It's okay. We've probably got others, NASB and stuff like that. The power of language is quite something. And I, I actually have looked at this version and I... I to be honest, I don't know what it was with the NIV translators. Um, but as in other places, somehow the NIV lacks the power of other translations in this particular context. It says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. That seems fine. That's okay as a start. But then further on, it says, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Well, let's start with the word stream, shall we? Okay, it's a good word, but it's not the word Jesus used. He didn't use the word streams. Sometimes I wonder if the people who translated the NIV don't actually believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe they were tempted to say at this point, um, uh, they could have tried, changed it, and they could have used the word um, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, trickles of living water might flow from within them. I'm even tempted to suggest, however, how about this one? Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, a dribble of living water will flow from within them. It's not what's written. It's not what is true in the um, original language. King James gets it closer. Who's got the King James? Yeah? What, what, what word have we got? You, King James, what have we got in terms of... Uh, what's the word used? Rivers. Rivers of living water. Okay, well, we can have a river. We could have the river, uh, the river Crouch. We could have the river Ooze. How about the Amazon? Should we have the Amazon? The Amazon sounds better to me. The Amazon River. Or maybe we could go for another word. Do you know the word, the, another use of that word? Out of you will flow torrents, torrents of living water. That's where you go with this. It's a total torrent of living water. I guess the, uh, the um, message gets a little bit closer. It talks about it brimming and spilling out of the depths. You know, the, the, you've got to remember that Jesus was, was speaking in the context. He, they just watched a priest. I'm convinced of this myself, but you can kick me down in flames another time. But you, they have just seen a priest, all right, go down to the pool of Siloam with a jug. And they, we've got the jug. And come back to the temple, singing that, therefore with joy she draw water from the wells of salvation. And he got to the altar and he poured it out. And there was this pouring torrent of water out of this jug onto the altar. Now these guys have been standing, all those guys who were watching, have been standing there for a couple of hours and they're watching this guy go, shh, like that. Perhaps some of the older ones were thinking at that point, 
ooh, here. <laughs> I might need to go somewhere. Um, but a lot of them, maybe all of them, were sitting there thinking, I could really down a half a lager at this point. And Jesus, into that, what is he saying? He looks round at everybody, and he says, anyone who's thirsty, and then they're all going, <laughs> anyone who's thirsty, He's, he's really putting it well. Surely it says, draw water from the wells of salvation. He looks around at them and taps into that longing for both physical and spiritual refreshment. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures said, torrents of living water will flow from within him. You go to, when I was a kid at school, you have those fountains, didn't you? You push the button and you put your and you go straight spurt of water in your mouth and that's again the image that Jesus is trying to convey I tell you what though there's another bit which doesn't quite hang well from the point of view of language and that's the next bit where in the NIV it says uh, will flow from within him oh from within him it's very lame it is just very very lame Jesus here uses a word but it doesn't mean from within him. It means from your deepest innards. It's from the core of you, from the you that's really you, from your very depths. How do we know? It's because Jesus is, there's a lot of reference back in the, in, when the Jewish people talk about their in, innards like this, they're talking it about their very core. So contextually, that's what it means. It's reminiscent here, Psalm 130, if you know that psalm, it says, Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. There's another one where it says in um, 103, Praise the Lord, all my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. We get right down in there. It's not flow from within him. It's from deep within. Jesus is saying we have a well in our depths from which a torrent of living water will flow. See, the image would have been incredible. It's, it's a very powerful image even now, isn't it? It's a powerful image. But I just want you to understand something. For the Jewish audience listening to him in the context of a Feast of Tabernacles, the thing is a whole other ballgame. And the problem for us is often we just get the bit and without the context. And I really do pray you'll understand that this was amazing, a powerful moment. Jesus was actually standing up and saying, I am the fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles. I am he who brings to you that well of salvation referred to in Isaiah. I am he that fulfills what God intended all the way back with the Moses in the desert. I am the one who brings true refreshment. John goes on, and we'll look at it in a minute, to talk about what the, the living water meant. For the Jewish people, there was no ambiguity. They understood what he was claiming. And one of the reasons we know that they understood was because of the consequences Who's this man? How dare he say that? Is he a prophet? Is he the Christ? 
They knew, sure they knew. They tried to get hold of him. They were well put out. And Jesus, in that context, brought to them those words, knowing full well his brother, remember his brothers were saying, come to the feast, I bet this wasn't what they had in mind. With joy shall you draw water from the well. I just want to have a, a wonderful aside for a minute, you know. It just occurred to me, looking at that passage, I, I read in a commentary, actually. Um, what did they do? They poured a jug of water onto the altar, and then they poured a jug of wine onto the altar. What happened when they pierced Jesus' side? Water and blood flowed from his side onto the altar, on the altar of the cross. Water and blood flowed. Isn't that amazing? He was the fulfillment of tabernacles. He was the fulfillment of it all. He is our fulfillment. He is everything. Wonderful. John puts us straight, though, helps us out with this passage. Because he goes on and, and says, after the bit where it says, rivers of living water, torrents of living water, will flow from your deepest innards. He says, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But it wouldn't have been a problem for the Jewish audience. They would have understood that. John is talking to the Greeks as much as he is to us. Remember the other time Jesus promised living water? Who did he promise it to? The woman at the well. Again, a wonderful two-part thing. You have Jesus go to the, sorry girls, the lowest in society. It was, sorry. All right, the gals, all right? Not only did he go to the gals, but he went to the Samaritan gals who were really out on the edge. All right. So he went to society's edges, to its fringes, to its deepest. Not only that, we've spoken before, I've spoken to you before, we know this woman was really pretty bad, the off. Why do we know that? She had about how many husbands? Yeah, lots of husbands. So we're talking about Jesus speaking, offering, offering living water, the Holy Spirit to the edges, but not just the edges, but the very edges of edges, and then not only those very edges of edges, but the edges of edges of edges, the pits, the bottom of the pile, in terms of the society in which Jesus lived. And then he walks into the very heart of his society, into the temple itself, and he stands and he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come, and I will give him rivers of living water that will flow out from him. Very heart of his society, very core of it, to the priests, to the kings, to the lords, to the house of lords, to, you know, he was right in the heart. It's like he, he was on that debate, it was as if he was on that debate last Thursday with the, the parliamentary candidates. You know, he suddenly walks on in the middle and says, behold, anyone who's thirsty, let him drink from me. See that amazing contrast? In John's Gospel, we have two occasions when he offers to the society, one to the very lowest, and secondly to the very highest in the land. And then, further on, to his friends. It says, 
Very powerful message. Anybody there who was a biblical scholar might have been reminded of a passage in Ezekiel, which I'd like us to turn to, Ezekiel 36. We have this situation where you have the Holy Spirit promised. And John had said, do you remember what he said? He, he said, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up until that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Can I go take you to verse 24 um, of Ezekiel 36? It says, For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Forgiveness, Brian. Forgiveness. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Digging out that well. Remember, talking about digging out the, the stones in our lives. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be, caref and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring a famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. I really do feel a word. I've said it to the, elder, the rest of the elders. I really feel a word over this church, and that word is increase. Increase. Great word, isn't it? But it's there. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field. But it's there. I will put my spirit in you. Anybody who was listening to Jesus on that day would have very clearly have been reminded of plenty of prophetic words into the nation about the fact that there would come a time when the Holy Spirit would be upon them. Joel, your, your old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. All of those amazing prophetic words being fulfilled in front of their very eyes as Jesus stood up and said, I will give rivers of living water. So what's this for us? What's this all about for us? I just want to finish with this. Jesus promises the torrent of the Holy Spirit from within you in the context of a harvest. Every one of those standing around will have seen, as we have done, the impact of a physical drought on a harvest. We need the irrigation of the Holy Spirit in our land, don't we? We need the water to flow. The Holy Spirit is given to you that you may go and water the harvest so that you can walk across the room, have the courage to go and see the amazing harvest that God's promised to us. The Word is a continuum. Started way back in those passages in Leviticus saying, I want you to celebrate and thank God for all that I give and provide for you continued through the prophetic words in Isaiah where it says I, therefore with joy you will draw water from the well of salvation into Jesus' promise 
torrents of living water, and then on finally to us. The water of the Holy Spirit within us. What we saw this morning as we were praying, what we've heard in testimony is just a part of that same continuum all the way through. The Holy Spirit at work in each one of us, seeing the harvest field. Yeah? At work in, in wherever we are. Yeah? Whatever we're doing, whoever we're with, calling on God that His Holy Spirit would come out from the well within us. Heavenly Father, we call on you and we ask that your Spirit would pour from us like a torrent and would again be an irrigation of the desert we see around us. Father, in the days ahead, um, even as we see this general election coming, we pray that we would be a provocation to those around us of the love of God. Father, save the lost. Save the lost, we pray in Jesus' name. Save the lost. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Let's have a drink. Because I'm first. I'm thirsty. <laughs>